the importance of developing an attitude that focuses on the blessings of God changes everything about you. And it's something that we should not just do this time of year, but we should do always. In today's scripture, Paul talks about an attitude of gratitude that is so powerful. It pleases God. It connects us with our Heavenly Father. It fulfills our destiny in reaching those who don't know Christ. Giving thanks in all circumstances lets people know that you're not of this world, but you're heavenly bound. And they need that. In a broken world where people are confused and folks are listening, and we, uh, I, get, I, I get tickled sometimes when I have people talk about fact-checking. I'd mentioned to some of you this morning, I, I put little quips and quotes up on Facebook all the time, and one of them that I put up there was a picture of Eve standing next to the serpent, and it points out that the serpent was the first fact-checker. Remember that. He said, did God really say what you thought he said? Look at the mess we're in now. The reality is there's only one source of truth that we can depend upon without checking back on it. And that's God. He loves us. He leads us. He will protect us. We will go through no storm in life without him going with us through that storm. And there is a purpose for us going through the storm. Always. God has a way of blessing us and using us. And nothing will be more glorious in eternity than to know that our Heavenly Father, through us, impacted others and the world. For his glory. That is so significant. We don't live our life trying to dodge responsibilities and avoid problems. We're not pleasure seekers because, after all, life hurts. And if you're a pleasure seeker, you'll be a very unhappy person in life. But I want to think today a little bit about how to make this the greatest Thanksgiving ever because many people today are so worried and, and, and just frustrated over going into a time of thanksgiving with all that's going on in the world. But we need to give thanks. The first thing we need to realize is the significance of a gracious outlook changes who we are. It lets others know that even though we're going through a tough time, we're going to be all right. You know one of the hardest things for me to do these days at 62 and a half years of age is when I'm in front of my computer and it asks for a password. You ever come to that and you think, okay, now, which child or dog or cousin or uncle did I use as my password? My wife even got into the thing of, 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 of she bought a book and put all her passwords in. I said, isn't that defeating the purpose of a password? And then we lost the book. That happens. Passwords are funny things, but I was reading the other day in Eugene Peterson's The Message, and I read the 100th Psalm, and listen to how he interpreted this a few years ago. He says that it says, Enter with the password, which is thank you. Make yourselves at home talking praise. Thank him. Worship him. He believed that the best interpretation of worshiping with thanksgiving 
was giving the password to God of thanks. I can remember that password, can't you? And I think that we need to understand that a thank you opens the door to all of what God has done. It identifies us as his children. It's not just something we do over a table of food with family gathered together once a year. It's much more than that. It's important because it opens the windows of heaven to us. And we understand what God wants to do. It promises that, that God has guidance over your life. And you will hear that. And you'll see that. And you'll never fail to understand that. There's a rabbi walking through the country one day through some fields. And he looked over at one of the farmers there that was working. And he asked him, he said, how, how are things? And he said, terrible. Everything's gone wrong. The tomato crop failed this year. The apples had worms in them. The corn crop was a disaster. Things are even getting worse. My kids are sick. My wife broke her arm. Nothing has gone right. As the rabbi walked on, God spoke to him and said this. If he thinks this is bad, wait till next year. But then the next farmer was there, and he said, How are you doing? And he said, I'm doing pretty good. It hasn't been perfect, but God is so good, and everything's wonderful. And he said, We got in part of our crop, and he said, We had a disaster where a limb fell on our house, but you know what? We still have a house. So we've got a lot to be thankful for. And then God whispered in the rabbi's ear, Well, if he thinks that's good, wait until he sees next year. The point of that story is that it's all in how we posture life. We have so much to be thankful for. In fact, there's an old proverb that says this, He who does not thank for little will not thank for much. So we need to understand the importance of thankfulness. To not look for the negative, but look for the positive. To not be overcome by the sadness is because we know Life will all, not always be that way. And we also know that God gives us an abundance of blessings in an amazing way. You won't be happy with more until you're happy with what you've got. Trust me. The second thing we need to realize that will make us a person of a thankful spirit is giving Thanks always changes us before it changes those around us. And that's why we have to give thanks. It's the will of God. He said that very plainly. It's an attitude we must have. Our, our scripture today says, be cheerful no matter what. Pray all the time. Thank God no matter what happens. This is the way God wants you to belong to Christ Jesus. And this is how he wants you to live some people say, oh, I can't do that. I'll wait until I get a raise, or I'll wait until the bills are paid, or I'll wait until everything's settled, or I'll wait until I've got more. No, dear friend, your attitude determines who you are. There used to be an expression people would use when you'd ask them how they're doing, and they'd say, under the circumstances. That's when you always wanted to run, right? Jesus died so we wouldn't have to live under the circumstances. We can live above them. 
We can rejoice because we know there's more in life than just what we're experiencing here. We know that every bump and, and every barricade and, and, and every detour we have to take in life is for a purpose. It's to conform us to the image of Christ and make us useful to someone else. To prepare us to what God wants us to be. 1929, a group of ministers in the Northeast, all graduates of Boston School of Theology, gathered to discuss how they should conduct their Thanksgiving services. Things were about as bad then as you can imagine at the beginning of the Depression. The bread lines were depressingly long, and the stock market had plummeted to the point later on they called the Great Depression. But in the midst of that, one of the old professors stood up and he said, this is not a time to give up on thanksgiving. It's a time to be thankful. For God has blessed us immensely, tremendously. We have so much to be thankful for. We should understand the importance of what he has given us. And sometimes we look at the front page of the paper or listen to CNN to determine what life is really about. Trust me, neither of them know what's going on, really. They give their interpretation or their view or their slant or they rewrite it. And in the midst of that, you want to believe what they're saying? When you have within your chest the Holy Spirit of God that lets you know that everything is going to be okay. I look back at some of the stories that we first hear as little children. Stories of a man like Daniel, who was facing ultimate death, not a pleasant death either. And all he had to do was just surrender to the pagan ways of the people there. But he didn't do it. Because God had instructed him, you will make a difference in life. Now, I've got to be honest with you. None of us would have a problem with that as long as we didn't hear the sound of lions around us. But somehow that would change. When I, when I was about 10 years old, they rebuilt the Grant Park Zoo in Atlanta. And they made it in such a way that you could go up within five feet of the lions. They put up this huge plexiglass. You remember that? And there's something about opening up that house. They called it the cat house. Now, I know what a cat house is, but that wasn't that kind of cat house. You open the door, and you go in there, and you look at the little jaguars and, 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 and the other little, little animals. And then you turn the corner, and there's a lion there who stands as tall as you do, who's staring you down, his eyes almost as big as your fist, his paws are as big as the top of this pulpit, and he's standing there looking at you. First time I went in there, it took my breath away, not because I was afraid, but because I thought about Daniel. Your faith is not real 
to you until you depend on it and nothing else. That makes faith real. And we all go through that episode in life. We all go through that circumstance that we struggle with. And we say, God, why am I here? I can answer that very simply right now. You're going through what you're going through to glorify God. And how you posture your situation and how you deal with it determines whether or not God gets the glory. Thirdly, developing a gracious attitude is not optional. God didn't give us a choice. An attitude of gratitude is developed over time, not just on special occasions. It's developed through your struggles in life, in your tough times. Paul said in 1 Corinthians, Always I thank my God as a Christian for all the blessings I have. Paul sat in prison, chained to the walls. He was shipwrecked, beaten, bitten by snakes, was run out of town many times. But somehow, every time he would go through that storm, he would grow stronger. And I remind you that, that, that Saul of Tarsus was not a tolerant man, wasn't a kind man either. But when Jesus confronted him on the road to Damascus, his life was changed drastically. So don't tell me that God can't change your life. Understand the importance of doing this. Your greatest gift to Christ Jesus is allowing Him to shine through you. To help you to overcome your, your frustration and your bitterness and your, your anger sometimes over situations that, that just didn't work out the way you wanted. Yet God had a purpose and a reason and a place for sending you that way. It is so important. I always remember the story about the boy from Chicago many years ago. My, my cousin who grew up in Chicago told me this story. It's a true story. A young boy who grew up in the Episcopal Church had begged his dad for a car on his 18th birthday. He wanted a specific kind of car, a very flashy car, uh, a very special car. Uh, maybe like the car you've got across the street, Dawson red sports car he wanted that badly and he he told his dad over and over and over again and his dad for his birthday present handed him a box and he opened it up and you know what was in the box a bible and he said this is for you son because i love you and i know you're going in the right direction the son threw the Bible across the room, stormed out, and went off to see his friends to become bitter beyond understanding. He came back that night so drunk he could barely stand up, and his mother was sitting on the front porch waiting for him. And he said, what do you want? She said, your father gave you this Bible. I want you to open it up and look inside of it. And he wrote the most beautiful 
statement about the love of his son and he said I want to give you everything possible but I first want to give you my Savior because at age 18 you need him from this point forward and you have not made that commitment and at the bottom of the note there was a key taped to his sports car that was behind the house the mother said that her son did not run around the house he lay on the porch and wept for the longest time the mother told the friends in church that she told this about she said I never touched my son she said because I knew that the Holy Spirit of God was doing a work on him that even I could not get involved with he rose up he repented he got the sports car, but he changed forever. Dear people, remember, God is going to send you gifts. And sometimes they're not going to be packaged the way you think they should be. They, they may lead you through a pathway that, that is frustrating and, and aggravating. And you think, God, aren't you supposed to protect me from this? And God very quietly whispers, no. This is exactly where you are to go. This prepares you for your future. A friend of mine went into basic training to be a Marine. And he said in, in, the, in the office there in Atlanta that he went in to apply, there was a picture of a playground with swings and teeter-totters and it said underneath it this is not Paris Island and he said they weren't kidding but he said they weren't building me to go into an elementary school class he said I wanted to be a marine to defend my country and they put me through paces to do one thing one thing so that when you hear a command you hear nothing else. You don't hear the, 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 the dropping of shells and bombs. You don't hear the yell of people that are fighting and dying. You only hear one thing. Your commanding officer telling you what to do. That's what makes the difference. Well, folks, we're in a weird time. And in the middle of this coronavirus that was supposed to be dying out, now it's coming back. We struggle with that. It's not coming back everywhere. We're, we're using wisdom here. We're being very careful. But I always remember that we need to appreciate everything God sends. When this coronavirus is over and life returns to normal, if we ever know what normal really is, may we never, ever take for granted again a handshake from a friend, a hug from a family member, being able to worship and sit beside those that we love. Heck, we'll even enjoy a boring night at home with family. We'll be thankful for full shelves at the grocery store. Need I say, there'll be two-ply toilet paper around. We'll enjoy coffee with a friend, long walks with our dog wedding ceremonies where people weep and hug one another 
a busy day at the office, saying goodbye in a funeral service as we have always done, gathering together around family to get them through that storm and understanding that each and every breath we take on earth matters. And I give thanks for the fact that we are here to do that. And that day will come. Give thanks. Let God know how he's blessed you. And be encouraged. He's still in control. Nobody voted him into office. And nobody will remove him from his throne. And he loves you. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, forgive us for taking so many of your simple blessings for granted. And help us to grow up and understand how much you really love us. That we would understand what you sacrificed for us to have a relationship with you. You gave your precious son to die and he was willing to go. And God, because of that, we come to, together today and, and we have hope. We're not worried about what the stock market says or what the people in the news say. All we know is what you have promised us, and we trust in that. And therefore, we prepare for thanksgiving. Lord, speak to someone today that needs to make that commitment in their heart of hearts. Give them a desire to do the right thing and begin on the path of gracious thanksgiving. And we pray this in your holy name, Lord. Amen.